This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. Hello, everybody. I'm Donna Chavis, and thank you so much for joining us today for Messianic Vision. Well, before I introduce our guest, let me give you a little bit of background on her life. She was a third-generation atheist communist. Her father was an officer in the Soviet Army. She'd never even seen a Bible until she was 29 years old, and she thought that Jesus was uh, just a, a mythical figure. But after a radical, radical transformation, she was invited to be an interpreter in the very first Bible school started by American missionaries in the Soviet Union. And later, she was ordained as one of the first women traveling ministers. She was also elected to be the first woman president of Calgary Fellowship of Churches in Russia. And if that's not enough, she was ordained to be the first the very first woman bishop in that country. So you may be asking yourself, how does one go from where she was to where she is now? Let's find out. She's on the phone with us all the way from Russia. Please welcome Natasha Shadrivaya. Natasha, thank you for being with us. Well, that's an honor for me. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Well, it is a pleasure. I have enjoyed our times that we have spoken and we've been preparing for this program. You know what? Let's start with the miracle of your Bible reading grandfather. Actually, he was your great grandfather. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Tell us about him. Okay. So um, I grew up, as you said, uh, I grew up in the three generations of communists and atheists. My grandfather was a very devoted communist. My father was a political officer teaching communist ideology. We traveled all across the former Soviet Union from one military base to another. I changed six schools, uh, graduated my high school in um, Czechoslovakia, where Soviet troops stayed there. And uh, so my grandmother, when I was a, a child, I would go on vacation to visit my grandmother, yes. she would tell me the same, the same story about her father, with, you know, my great-grandfather. And the story seemed to me like a fairy tale. And she would tell me the same episode of the story, particular how her, her father, my great-grandfather, he was an educated man. Mm-hmm. If he didn't know alphabet, he couldn't write. If you would give him a newspaper to read, he was not able to do that. But every Sunday, he would gather his 11 children around his table. He would pull uh, his big Bible. He would open it, put on his glasses, point his finger on the page and start reading it. And she would even quote some, um, you know, verses I didn't know, you know, I thought that the Bible is like the, you know, the fairy tale. Yes, yes. And, and my and my grandmother would tell me the story over and over. And so I kind of didn't really pay attention. For me, it was strange. Right. And then, and, and then when I got born again, when I accepted Jesus, this was the very first thing that the Holy Spirit reminded me as I was going home from the church where I accepted Jesus to my home. The first thing that the Holy Spirit reminded me was that I understood what was going on, that every time my great-grandfather was gathering his children around the table and opening the Bible, the miracle took place. He would start reading, understanding, and in, investing in his children. Yes. So this is how I learned that his, uh, you know, this miracle, this this seed was sown, the seed of the truth was sown in his children. And then, you know, this is how God uh, just 
precedes the generations. And you didn't understand that until you had become a believer yourself, right? And then, like you said, the Holy Spirit revealed to you that was truth that was being sown into your life from generations before. Yes. Yes. And you know, the, the thing is that, um, you know, he, he was, you know, my great-grandfather, he lived in the time of Stalin. Yes. Stalin repressions when they persecuted believers and intelligentsia. And so what happened to my great-grandfather was his neighbor, he turned him into the KGB, Yes, came during the night, during the night, and when they entered his home, they immediately went to a place where he was hiding his Bible. Isn't this amazing? And they found the Bible and they arrested him. They sent him to the camp in Siberia. He was 63 at that time, and he died there in Siberia. And so this, I became the third generation since my great-grandfather, because, you know, of repressions and persecutions and none of his children, they kind of were hiding, changed their last names. And so I became the, the third generation, the first since, you know, that, two generations of communists, I became the first born-again believer. And I know that this was my great-grandfather's seed. And and this is, to me, this is, as I look back, this is the story of his, of God's faithfulness yes. to his children, to his seed. Yes. God is faithful and preserves his seed. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that is quite a story. And also, now, you had a friend that, that, you, that was a colleague of yours when you were working in the schools, and uh, she called you one day, and she had some interesting news that you just weren't quite sure about. Uh-huh. Well, her name was Alla, and uh, we met at the public school. We worked together, and then I moved to another public school that's closer to my home, and so I haven't seen her for one year. She was a young mother, you know, she was married, she had three children. And so a year later, you know, uh, I didn't call her, I didn't see her for one year. And so suddenly she calls me and she invites me to come over to her apartment. I come to her apartment and she starts telling me about Jesus. She tells me her testimony that... um, she had a terrible headache, and I remember she started having t- headaches when we worked together. Right. But I, did, I, I didn't know how everything turned out, because later uh, she went to the doctors, and they just diagnosed her with a brain tumor. And because of the Soviet Union, you know, falling apart, the, the whole system was so uh, obsolete, corrupt, that that medical service was so poor. I mean, no equipment. So the doctors, basically, they just pronounced her, you know, they just uh, said the verdict that she's going to die. They couldn't help. They couldn't do anything. So she went with her mother. She went and visited all the extrasensories and which uh, doctors that they knew. And the last person that they visited was... Her aunt, uh, that was a Pentecostal underground believer. And so her aunt told her, you need to go to the church. You need to accept Jesus. Jesus is the only answer for you because he is the healer. So Allah was ready, you know, for anything. I mean, she was desperate. Because she hadn't gotten any answers at all from any of the other people, that not medically, not, you know, no way nobody was giving her any hope. Absolutely. And so uh, when her aunt took her to the church, uh, when the time for the altar call came at the end of the service, the aunt took her Allah by the hand up front. They knelt. This was the tradition. They knelt. And so Allah began to pray the prayer. I mean, uh, one of the deacons began to lead her in in that prayer, and she accepted Jesus. And as she said that as I was praying and accepting Jesus, she said, I began to shake because I realized, I mean, how in the world, you know, this is, he is real. And so when she said amen and got up, she said, in the front of all the people, the tumor, the swollenness, because her head was swollen, it disappeared, it shrunk, the pain was gone immediately. 
She, it was a miracle, instant miracle. Everybody was so excited. So the next day, Allah went to the doctors with all the, you know, medical papers. Yes. And the doctors looked at her and they examined her. And then they said, well, she told them about Jesus. I mean, she said that, you know, yesterday I, I accepted Jesus and I was healed instantly. And of course, they didn't believe because, you know, most of the people were atheists and communists. And so they said, well, you know, sometimes unexplainable things happen. Of course. We we doubt that it was God, but, you know, sometimes things happen. But anyway, so here she was telling me her testimony. And I was thinking, you know, I am losing one of my friends. I'm, you know, this is the last time I'm here. She is going crazy because there is no Jesus. There is no God. Jesus is a mythical figure. It's a fairy tale uh, a person. So I was thinking that she went crazy. And if this is, you know, if this is miracle took place, but it, it's truly just an accident. It cannot be God because God is not real. Yes. And so this is what I told you. I said, Allah, please don't tell me about Jesus. I don't believe in him. Yeah. You even you even told her not to even call you anymore, right? Because you didn't want to hear it. Exactly. Because she was so intense in her evangelism. Yeah. She knew I was three generations of atheists. And yes. She was so... She wanted so much for me to believe in Jesus that she became very, how to say, she she was very intense. And so sure. she said, please don't call me anymore and don't invite me. When I'm ready, I will call you first. Wow. And so I thought, yeah, and, and I thought, okay, you know, this is it. I don't have this friend anymore. That's fine. You know, she wants to believe in Jesus. That's fine. But it's not for me. But as I was leaving, she handed me this magazine, Russian Christian magazine. Uh, and I, because I've never seen any Christian literature in my life, so I got, kind of took it because, you know, it was interesting for me to read something that I've never, you know, was exposed to. Right, yes. And so I left her apartment, and she told me later that when she closed the door behind me, she said to God, God, she doesn't have hope. She's going to hell. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, I'm glad that's not true. <laughs> okay, so you you read you were on the bus on the way home and you read the magazine like you said you were intrigued by it. You were interested in it. You'd never seen any Christian literature, so you read the magazine from cover to cover and you of course not believing and just rejecting Jesus again, you decided to write a letter to the editor. Exactly. So I uh, looked at the back. I, I read it from cover to cover. At the end of the magazine, on the last page, I saw the address. I realized that the magazine was published because it was impossible to publish Christian literature in the Soviet Union. Yes. So I saw the address, and it was Sacramento, California, the Russian Baptist Mission. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to write a letter to this editor, the chief, chief editor. And I wrote a letter very short, I, something like, you know, I'm, my name is such and such, and I am 29 years old. I'm an atheist. I don't believe that God exists, because if he existed, then why? And then I listed some questions about the injustices and et cetera in the world. And so I mailed it, and that was the time when Gorbachev became uh, the head of the Communist Party. Mm -hmm. you, know, the, 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 you know, the more freedom came, but still... KGB was very in control, and I didn't even believe that the letter will cross the border of our country. So I didn't really expect any response. Then two months later, I received a package. I go to the post office, and I get the package, and I read the return address, and it's Sacramento, California, and I open it, and this is, you know, I never forget this moment. I, the first thing I saw was a small blue Bible in Russian. My heart, I tell you, I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't believe God existed. But, you know, as I look back, I realize when even when you grow up in the atmosphere of total dictatorial control, no truth, ideology, when you see the truth on you, you Get, get in contact with the light, with God, with truth. Your heart immediately reacts, responds, 
because I remember how my heart was pounding. I opened the first page, and here was, you know, God create in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I thought, hmm, it sounds familiar. And I didn't know, you know, I never read it. Probably someone somewhere, maybe someone mentioned this, um, you know, this verse. But I think it's because we, we are created by God in a such way when we hear his word or his truth, our heart immediately recognizes it yes. and reacts. And so the funny thing was that together with the Bible, there were some Christian brochures and 10 copies of the same issue of the newspaper, Christian newspaper. 10 copies. Uh, 10 copies. I mean, I couldn't figure out why in the world they would send to me not one, but 10 copies. You know, I just thought that they didn't probably made a mistake or they put more uh, copies than they were supposed to. I just couldn't understand. Yes. Brought this package home. And then uh, my father was still in the army, serving in the army. Oh, no. Aha. Uh-huh. He comes in the evening from his uh, service and he looks at the table, at the desk, and he sees all this Christian and the Bible, Christian literature. And he got scared. He got turned pale. I mean, there was so much fear in that, you know, dictatorial communist uh, control system that he said, you need to get rid of this because they will come. And if they see, they will arrest us. And I, you know, probably he knew who were they because I never, you know, dealt with they. Right. I didn't know who they and so he said, you need to get rid of it. This literature cannot stay in our place. So when he was in the kitchen, I took Bible and the brochures and one copy of the newspaper and hid them and then took the nine other copies. And, you know, we lived in a very economically poor uh, system. Uh, so we don't throw away things. Yes. And so I thought, where in the world I need to hide and throw, I'm not going to throw away nine newspapers. So I put them in the mailboxes of my neighbors. (laughs) You know, I thought if they come, I will not be alone on the train to Siberia. Oh, no. Hey, Natasha, you were, you were acting as an evangelist, passing out this, uh, this Christian literature, and you weren't even a believer. So I, I, I thought it was when I was putting this together, I'm thinking, well, there already, and she hadn't even given her heart to God. Um, she was the unbelieving evangelist. So you just went around putting it in your neighbor's mailboxes. And you know, that the, the most amazing thing to me about this Russian Baptist mission, they were so faithful since that package. They've been sending me every month a package with a, another uh, uh, some other literature, brochures, yes, and gain ten copies of the next issue of the newspaper, and I and I did the same thing. I would keep one, and I would put the nine other uh, in the mailboxes, and I would, was doing this until I le- moved to uh, Latvia. So for a, almost for a year. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, listen, let me let me stop you right there. I know everyone is enjoying listening to Natasha, and she'll be right back with us after the break. I've spent some time with Natasha as we've been preparing this program for you, and I have learned so so much from her teaching, and I'm absolutely sure that you will also. Sid had her prepare a brand new exclusive teaching resource just for you. It's a five CD teaching series called Make. Making Jesus Irresistible, which includes Natasha's story, the simplicity of the message, the right kind of knowledge, fresh perspectives on physical healing, and making Jesus irresistible. So Natasha continued receiving packages, and she kept putting the extra Christian literature in her neighbor's mailboxes. But what happened next literally changed her life. Stay with us. Call now to get Natasha Shadrovaya's anointed five-part audio CD teaching set, Making Jesus Irresistible. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3329. Through Natasha's anointed five-part audio CD teaching series, Making Jesus Irresistible, you will gain fresh perspectives on divine healing. On CD number one entitled, Natasha's Story, Natasha reveals 
reveals the amazing plan God had for her life and the supernatural journey that led her from a communist atheist to a radical believer in Jesus. Natasha prays for God to reveal His plan for you. On CD number two, entitled The Simplicity of the Message, Natasha shares that the gospel is not just a message for unbelievers. It is the theme for the entire Bible. It is a love story, God's love for His people. The central figure of this story is Jesus. On CD number three, entitled The Right Kind of Knowledge, Natasha teaches it is not God's desire to present us with a book of rules, but a living revelation of His heart, which will produce trust in Him. Once you have trust and confidence in God, it does not matter the size of the problem. On CD number four, entitled Fresh Perspectives on Physical Healing, Natasha teaches you how to make the voice of God the final authority in your life, overcome obstacles to receive your healing, resist the symptoms of sickness, keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the healing. On CD number five, entitled Making Jesus Irresistible, Natasha shares that God comes down to your level to reveal His heart to you. This revelation of His love for you is what makes Jesus irresistible. When Jesus becomes irresistible to you, you will trust Him and miracles will happen. My heart today is to make it easy for people to get to know God's heart. Don't miss out on getting Natasha Shedrovaya's anointed five-part audio CD teaching set, Making Jesus Irresistible. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3329. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 3329 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Messianic Vision. I am here with Natasha, who you've been listening to before the break. And Natasha kept receiving this Christian literature every month, and she kept putting it in her neighbor's mailboxes, the ones that she had left over. But then something happened that Natasha said literally changed her life forever. What was that, Natasha? Well, uh, in a couple months, I received a letter. And I looked at the return address, and I see that the, it is from Sacramento, California, but the name of the person is not Russian. It's an American. Mm -hmm. And so I opened the letter, and I started reading it. And so this American Christian, Patrick Panic, uh, tells me that the last Sunday he decided to visit this Russian church that is not far from his home. And when he came to the church, he went right to the book stand, and he met there Nikolai Vodnevsky, who is a, a prominent uh, a figure in the Baptist movement, Russian Baptist movement mm -hmm. ground. And so he, Nikolai Vodnevsky was the editor of the magazine to whom I, I mailed my letter with all those questions. And so Patrick writes to me that as he met Nikolai, Nikolai told him about me and pulled my letter from his jacket pocket. But this had been months. This had been months ago when you wrote it. And he, he had it with him? Yes. And, and he gave this letter to Patrick and told about me that I am a native, that I don't believe God exists. And he said, please pray for her because I am praying for her. And so these words were literally um, penetrating my being because I couldn't believe that he, this editor didn't forget about me, didn't throw my letter in the garbage. He was carrying my letter in his pocket, in his jacket, and praying for me and thinking about me. Yes. And here he gave it to an American you know, Americans were our ideological enemies. You know, this is how I grew up. We were all brainwashed. And so here is an American Christian writes to me that he is praying for me. And the last sentence in, the, in his letter really changed my life. He wrote a statement that we all write at the end of the letters, and we don't really pay attention to it. He wrote, I want you to know that God loves you, and I am praying for you. I don't know, but when I read this, I start crying. I ran to the phone, and I called my friend Allah. Yes. And I said, 
I need to show you this letter. This is an American. He is a Christian. He is said that God loves me and he is praying for me. Can you imagine? He never met me, but he thinks I am, I, my life matters. He, I, he is not indifferent to my life. Yes. Can I show you this letter? And then Allah said, well, you know, you know, I'm busy today and then tomorrow is a Sunday. I'm going to church. And I said, okay, you know, just, you know, I'm going to go with you to the church, but I need to show you this letter. So so we agreed to get together the next morning. And I, I did everything not to go, you know, not, uh, my purpose was not to go to church. I wanted just to show her this letter and to read this last sentence that God loves me and he's praying for me. And so I translated that letter to her. We went to the church in the middle of the service. I mean, can you imagine, here I was already, uh, I was a teacher at the institute, like at the college already. I was teaching Spanish and English. I thought of myself as a smart, educated, intelligent person. Yes. And here, in the middle of the service, my eyes opened, my spiritual eyes opened for the first time. And I see that God is real. He exists. And I couldn't, I, I was so shocked. I couldn't believe how in the world I could, I could miss the most important thing in my life. Mm. I thought that I knew everything. I, I thought that I knew what's important. And I don't, I couldn't, I missed God. And here I was kind of talking to myself. I was talking to God, whispering. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you existed. If I knew you existed, I would follow you. I would be with you. But I didn't know you exist. I'm so sorry. I was running away from you. I didn't know that you were, you loved me and you followed me everywhere. And here was an altar call. I turned to Allah and I said, I want to go up front. She couldn't believe it took some time for her, for me to convince her to, to help me to go up front. And so she took me. We went up front, and the tradition was to kneel. And then all I could say, you know, Jesus, I didn't know you existed. I thought you were just a fairy tale figure. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, 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 I want to believe in you. And then the minister came, and he led me in prayer. And I, with a moment, I stood up from my knees. I never forget that. You know, I I never thought that I have so much burden on my heart, on my soul, on my shoulders. Yes. But when I got up from that prayer, the whole it seemed like the whole burden of the sins of the whole world was on me and it was lifted. And I was filled with peace and joy, light, life. I was absolutely transformed and a new person. Oh, my. And so you, you of course, wanted to share this. Did you tell your parents about it? Oh, that was the first thing. I wanted to run home to home and I tell, wanted to, to open their eyes, you know. But, you know, when we try to open the eyes of other people, nothing works out, you know. It's <laughs> and so on the way... I took a bus and I was riding back home. And this is where the Holy Spirit reminded me of my great-grandfather. I immediately understood what my grandfather was tell- grandmother was telling me. I knew that God was doing a miracle every time he opened the Bible. Everything started making sense. Yes. So, of course, I came, I came home. I started telling my father and my mother about Jesus, about the church. And they got so scared. Because, you know, my father, of course, being an ideologist, he got so scared. He said, you know, you cannot go there. And my mother was also so, how do you say, so worried about me. Mm-hmm. Because propaganda tell, would just tell lies about, uh, you know, church and faith, etc. And so they rejected um, uh, Jesus at that time. But but the transformation in you was undeniable. So um, over a period of time, they they actually uh, did not reject him anymore. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, later in 1994, an American team came to my hometown, and I was in states at that time already because I was already an interpreter, uh, working as an interpreter for missionaries, for ministers. And so I came to States for the first time, and the pastor from Florida, from Jacksonville, Florida, Paul Zing, 
and his team came to my hometown to evangelize and start church. And I, you know, I gave them my father's phone number, my, my parents' phone number. Mm-hmm. And they led my father to the Lord. Wow. Whew. It's it's just incredible because my father would never even get in contact with an ideological enemy with an American. Sure. Because he was an ideologist. And here God chose an American pastor to lead a communist and ideologist to the Lord. And so the life of my father was changed. And then later I led my mother to the Lord. And so they're both Christians now. They're with the Lord already. And uh, so they reconciled with God. What an amazing, wonderful story, Natasha. What about for those that might be listening to us that think, you know, there's no way, there's no hope for them. They may, it may be themselves or it may be some of their family. But, but look how your family was reached uh, in such an amazing way that you would think would never, ever have happened. Will you speak to those that might be listening right now that think there's no hope for me? Oh, you know, there is a power in the seeds of truth. You know, whenever we pray for our close ones or speak the words of truth and love of God's love in their lives, believe in those seeds. Just because today, you know, the reality is such that they don't confess, that they don't live their life with Jesus, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit you know, he works with their hearts. You know, I can change person's hearts, but the Holy Spirit works with the hearts of the person day and night. And so every seed of the truth sown in the heart of the relatives, of the close ones, will bring forth fruit because God is faithful to his word, to his seeds. So it's just a matter of time and a matter of just us trusting God. You know, this is a partnership. This is our partnership with God. It's what we can do and what God can do. You know, we are limited in all we can do. We do the natural. We speak, we hug, we love, but God does supernatural. Mm. He touches the heart. You know, the devil cannot work with a person's heart. He works with the mind, but only God has such a privilege and power to go directly to a person's heart and work with his heart. So we believe in the seed. The seed has power. So, and God is faithful to bring forth fruit in the lives of our close ones in us. Perfect time in his plan. Yes. So I encourage you to believe God and to believe in the partnership with God. Yes. And I I feel like, um, Natasha, as you were speaking just then, there may be even those listening that are saying today, my life doesn't matter. Does my life really matter to anybody? Mm. Well, you know, I know now I know for sure that every person that lives today in the world, he, he or she lives because God chose them to bring them into this world. Because it's not just the desire of a man and a woman to bring forth a child. God picks the seed, which seed, that will produce a life. So I just challenge you to dare to test God, to prove him. Yes. Because God wants to reveal himself to you. I think this is God's greatest desire to reveal how he loves you. If I believe if we just simply ask him, God, I don't know why I'm here on the earth. I just don't feel like I'm of, a, of any importance or my life is of any importance, of any value. If you exist, if you are real, just prove it to me. I want to live a meaningful full life. Yes. Just prove to me. And I tell you, I tell you that God's greatest desire is to reveal himself to you because he loves you. He is kind. He is good. And the moment, you know, and the moment we realize how good he is, the natural response is to believe him, trust him and yes. give you give our lives to him. My goodness. Natasha, I want to uh, talk to you about another 
uh, a moment in your life, uh, a span of time that you spent working with T.L. and LaDonna Osborne. Um, that was huge for you, wasn't it, as a young Christian? Tell us about that. Yes. In 1996, uh, for the first time, uh, T.L. and T.L. Osborne and his daughter, LaDonna Osborne, they came to Russia. They've never been to Russia. They traveled all over the world. And uh, in 1996, they came, and they came through the missions organization that I was a part of. And so I was an interpreter, and I already began to travel as a traveling minister. But in 1996, I mean, God has always such a perfect timing. Because since, since the doors opened to the former Soviet Union, since the Iron Curtain fell, the young generation, the young Russian church was flooded with all kinds of doctrines, with all kinds of teachings. And honestly, by 1996, I didn't know already what to believe because, you know, uh, we had so much information, Christian information, so many wonderful, great ministers that came and visited and conducted crusades in Moscow, uh, all across Russia. Excellent, powerful. We saw miracles. But then, you know, we, what is the, the message? What is, I mean, there is, together with the truth, there are so many just doctrines. Right, right. The teachings of men. So here T.L. and Lagana come, and they preach a simple message of redemption, of the gospel. And it seems to, your, to my mind, it seems very primitive, very simple. It seems like, well, I know that. But there is another thing that as they were speaking the truth, the message, there was such power that was released through that message. We were all sitting in, on, on the edges of the chairs. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't understand what was going on because I, uh, you know, by since not my conversion till 1996, I was like, I think like many others, young Christians, we were we saw anointed, gifted ministers whom God used mightily through gifts of healing, gifts of, uh, you know, miracles, etc. And when I would look at those anointed people, you know, how they sense the Holy Spirit, how they sense how the Holy Spirit tells them to, you know, invite those people and pray for them. And they would have the word of knowledge. And then I'm thinking, I don't sense anything. You know, I'm not like them. And, and I felt you know, we felt like mm, we don't have what they have. Yes. And here T.L. Here Osborne and LaDonna Osborne standing on the stage, and they teach the power is not in you. The power is in the message. The, if you know the right message and people believe, then you cannot control the miracles. The power is in the gospel. The power is in the revelation of the truth. Because Paul said in uh, the, the book of Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power. That's right. Wow, that took the burden from the shoulders of many young Christians in Russia because it meant we can do it. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and after those seminars, those conferences with T.L. and LaDonna Osborne, and you know, every, every time they preached at the end, they prayed, the miracles took place. Yes. But it was different then because... T.L. would emphasize the fact that he doesn't have any gifts. Uh, you know, I guess maybe he was just challenging all of us by saying this, because I'm sure he had, you know, gifts. Sure. But it really ministered to us. It, it really instilled in us faith that we can do it. And one young pastor, after the conference, said this. He said, well, since, since the doors opened to Russia and many great men and women came and ministered and had great ministry, miracles, wonderful, as they left Russia, they were still great. But when T.L. and LaDonna came and ministered and left Russia, we were great. Ooh, wow, that's pretty, <laughs> that's good information, isn't it? Yes, this is all the difference because Jesus came to... Uh, show not only not only to deal with sin and you know redemption he lived on the earth for 33 years why because he wanted to show us god and he wanted to show us us 
Yes. Who we are. That anyone. He gave the same power to the disciples. Yes. He gave, we are just like him. So TL and Ladana came in a very crucial time in Russia because we were on the crossroads. The church, we didn't know what to believe anymore. Mm -hmm. And here he came and he said, you know, if you preach the truth and people come to your uh, services or evangelism campaigns and they don't and and they are not healed don't change the message keep preaching the truth and he would tell the people in the audience if you come and hear the truth and you are not healed the first day keep coming keep listening keep coming because faith comes from hearing yes so here it's, it's very simple for us we need to be faithful and uh, continue preaching the truth and never because through the years, the, the truth was changed. Yes. Why? Because sometimes when you, when you don't see the results, sometimes the, you know, the ministers start changing the message. Oh, you know, you, you are not healed probably because God doesn't want you. But TL really made it very simple. The power is in the message. Yes. Keep preaching the message. Yes. And Natasha, for you, you had heard that. And as you, you stated a moment ago, you had heard that and you said, oh, that's very simple. That's very simple. In your mind, you were saying that that was very simple. But in your heart, you felt that it was powerful. And then after a few weeks of this, this just it just wasn't information to you anymore. It was revelation to you. I remember because we traveled with TL and Ladana for uh, in eight cities all across the, uh, Russia and the former Soviet Union, and I basically interpreted for Ladana the same message over and over. And I tell you, on the fourth week, something happened. The revelation of the message of the gospel. I realized that the gospel is not the message for the unbelievers, just unbelievers. The, the gospel is the theme of the whole Bible. Yes. And the revelation of the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ, who is the revelation of God's heart, of God. Wow, that's changed everything. <laughs> Yes, yes, it has. And uh, we're going to take a break just in a second. And before we do that, because we're talking about receiving this revelation, Natasha, will you pray for those that are listening right now that this revelation would come to them? Yes, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that the message of the gospel would not be just an information. I pray that the message of the gospel become the revelation of who you are, because the center of the gospel is Jesus. And Jesus is the fullness of God, of your heart, Father. I pray that every person who listens this program would receive the revelation of the message of the gospel. And the gospel is not the message for the unbeliever. It's a message of our, it's a progressive revelation of who God is. I pray in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we're going to take a quick break, but don't forget, Sid will be here at the end of this program to tell you how you can get this amazing, amazing resource that Natasha has developed just for you called Making Jesus Irresistible. So after all that Natasha has been through, what is her mission in life now? We're going to find out in just a moment. We'll be right back. Natasha Shadravaya was a third-generation atheist communist. When she became a believer in Jesus, it was a radical transformation. She says, when we make Jesus irresistible, people respond and trust in Him. And the result is, miracles happen. Now, Natasha reveals the secrets she has learned on how to walk in the supernatural power and miracles of Jesus every day. My heart today is to make it easy for people, to go for the most important thing, to get to know God's heart. Call now to get Natasha Shedrovaya's anointed five-part audio CD teaching set, Making Jesus Irresistible. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience, yours. For a donation of $29, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3329. Through Natasha's anointed five-part audio CD teaching series, Making Jesus Irresistible, you will gain fresh 
perspectives on divine healing and miracles will begin to happen in your life. On CD number one entitled Natasha's Story, Natasha reveals the amazing plan God had for her life and the supernatural journey that led her from a communist atheist to a radical believer in Jesus. Natasha prays for God to reveal his plan for you. On CD number two entitled The Simplicity of the Message, Natasha shares that the gospel is not just a message for unbelievers. It is the theme for the entire Bible. It is a love story, God's love for His people. The central figure of this story is Jesus. On CD number three, entitled The Right Kind of Knowledge, Natasha teaches it is not God's desire to present us with a book of rules, but a living revelation of His heart, which will produce trust in Him. Once you have trust and confidence in God, it does not matter the size of the problem. On CD number four, entitled Fresh Perspectives on Physical Healing, Natasha teaches you how to make the voice of God the final authority in your life, overcome obstacles to receive your healing, resist the symptoms of sickness, keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the healing. On CD number five, entitled Making Jesus Irresistible, Natasha shares that God comes down to your level to reveal His heart to you. This revelation of His love for you is what makes Jesus irresistible. When Jesus becomes irresistible to you, you will trust Him and miracles will happen. To us here in America, we have all these people moving in signs and wonders and everyone's watching at home and they're saying, what about me? Am I Swiss cheese? No, God's not a respecter of persons. When she describes the vision that she saw of Jesus taking every pain, every sin, every disease upon himself, healing is going to explode. Don't miss out on getting Natasha Shedrovaya's anointed five-part audio CD teaching set, Making Jesus Irresistible. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $29. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 3329. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 3329 or log on to SidRoth.com. Call or write today. Welcome back, everyone, to Messianic Vision, and I am here with Natasha Shadrivaya, and we are having a fantastic time talking about the gospel and the power in that message. So, Natasha, I wanted to start there and just talk about a few of the things that you have learned and that you still teach today, and one of those is what we just said about the power being in the message. Yes. Uh, you know, this is what we, I've learned, as I said before, I've learned from the TL and LaDonna Osborne, that the, the power is not something that is given to us to control as a human. The power is in the message. And I think this is such a wisdom of God to, to put the power in the message. And that's why if you preach just um, men's doctrines, there is no power. Yes. You know, when, when tough times come, all the everything that is not of God that doesn't have power, it just uh, disappears, mm-hmm. and only the message of the, the the gospel, you know, like redemption. I call it redemption. It has a power which makes it simple for every person who believes in Jesus to be His messenger. We carry the message that has the power. Yes, the world. The world doesn't need another ideology. The world doesn't need more information. We have an ocean of information today. Yes. The world needs the power, which is the, in the truth, in the message. Right. And, and speaking of power, you, you say that it's very important uh, for the supernatural to be a part of our life for every believer. Um, absolutely. Because... As I like to quote T.L. Osborne, he said, if, if the Christianity doesn't have supernatural, then we are just another ideology. Yes. So true. Because this is what, what happens when we preach the truth, the message. God proves his word with his power. God stands behind his word. And uh, the supernatural healings, supernatural manifestations, this is what accompanied Christ's ministry, and this is what accompanies our ministry today as we preach his 
um, his message, his uh, his gospel. Yes. If we preach the doctrine, there is no power, but only the truth. So that's why it's so important to have the right message. You can preach a message, but you need to have the right message. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, you know, we can know a lot of. Uh, you know, teachings, a lot of religious information. We can possess a lot of information, just like Apostle Paul. Yes. He was saying to Philippians that, you know, he, he possessed all the information, but yet he missed the most important thing. You can know a lot, but you miss the most important. And the most important is to know God, because studying the Bible is not the purpose. You know, just Jesus was rebuking Pharisees. He said, you're studying the scriptures, thinking that through this process you are going to go to eternity, you know, to have salvation. No, it talks about me. You see, the right knowledge is not just a religious knowledge. It's knowing God. Yes. You know, every time when we open Bible, we need to open it, read every scripture, every verse within intention, God, what do you want me to know about you now? Yes, I love that. Yes, because every time you read the verses that you know already, God wants to reveal something about him that you didn't know before. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that you told me that um, that uh, T.L. Osborne says that I love so much while we're talking about this, you said that he says, well, I may not know much, but what I know is important. Yes. You know, when I travel, yeah, when I travel to the villages, because this is where my calling is, you know, we go to the villages, and when I go to the rural areas, and the life there is very hard, mm. and those precious babushkas, old ladies, they are so, you know, you could see that hardness of life on their faces. Yes. You know, they're, they, they're poor, their husband is drinking, their cow is sick, and then the Christi Christianity must be very practical there. You know what I've learned? That the true spirituality is very practical in the routine of our life. If it's not applicable in the routine of our life, then it's not the right spirituality. Mm. So when I look in the eyes of those babushkas, I know for sure one thing. They are uneducated. They will never graduate from seminaries. They will never learn Greek or Hebrew, but they know the most important thing. They know God. And I tell you, this is the right kind of knowledge. Yes. Know him. Yes, yes. I want to talk about what you're doing now and what you call your greatest mission, your mission in your life and your mission in your ministry. What is that? It's to make Jesus irresistible to people so that they would believe in him. You know what I've learned that, you know, I grew up, um, you know, we grew up in that time of the faith movement and I love it. I respect wonderful, great, you know, we did everything. But as I, grew in the revelation of the message of the gospel, of the message of redemption. This is what I've learned about faith. This is my definition of faith. I don't like to take faith out of intimacy with God, out of relationship, you know, and work on faith and make it grow and, and exercise it. I just don't think this is um, what Jesus meant. This is what I learned. Faith is so natural to people. God created us as a believing beings. Faith is very natural. So my definition of faith is such. Faith is a natural response of a human being to the goodness of God. So if this is so, if faith is a natural response to the goodness of God, then my task as a minister is to make Jesus so irresistible, to advertise him, to advertise his goodness in a such way that pe to convince people in his goodness. When this happens, I tell you, people switch their attention, yes. their problems to his goodness, and this is when miracles take place, because they 
automatically start trusting him, and then you cannot control miracles. <laughs> That's true, because, because when people learn how he loves them and how good he is, they, be, they, they can't help but they trust him, and the outcome is a supernatural miracles, healings, etc. And I know in your ministry you see a lot of that. We, we have several that, that you have told us about that are awesome. But I want to talk about your father. Now, your father, who had become a believer, uh, he had a stroke when he was uh, 66 years old, I believe. And, and, and he was completely healed, even though the, the doctors had given him no hope. Right. Um, you know, my doctors told me that they give me 120% that my father will die because, you know, there is no hope. It was kind of too late. And so what we did was, of course, I, I talked to God. We, we agreed. I said, God, not at 66. I just don't like even the numbers, 66. He, he cannot go at 66. And so... Uh, we laid hands on him, and then I put also the tape player with the audio Bible. As he was in a coma, the, the Bible was playing, and he was listening, his heart, his spirit. And so uh, what happened was that he's, one day, I'll never forget, I came again to visit him, and I couldn't talk to him because he was in a coma. Suddenly, he opened his eyes, he started breathing normally, and then he said, could you turn me over on the other side? And she starts, fell asleep, sound sleep. I called the doctors. The doctors were very surprised. Well, they, you know, measured his pressure, et cetera. The, the tests, run the tests. And they were very surprised. Four weeks, he stayed in the hospital. He came out, healed, uh, came home, asked me to give him the Bible. Yes. Reading the Bible. I, I turned on TV. I mean, this is God. Here he just came from the hospital. I turned on TV, and on the TV, the, on the news, they tell about a very known Russian actor who had a stroke, just like my father. And I tell you, the actors, they have the best doctors. Oh, yes. They have more opportunities. And he died. And I said to my, we looked at each other, and I said, Father, God wanted you to know that he healed you. Because look at this actor. He, with all his opportunities and connections, he didn't survive. God is your healer. And my father started reading Bible, and he just became very devoted, devoted Christian. My. <laughs> wow. So this was even after the doctors, the medical profession that you, that your doctor had, they had told you that they were 100, not just 100, but 120 percent sure that your father was not going to live. And you all saw and they saw that Jesus was his healer. My, 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 I love that. Um, Natasha, we've got just a couple of more minutes, but I wanted you to share the vision that you had just a couple of years ago. Um, um, and, and that, it, it, was, it was during the time of the Super Bowl. Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, my friends from America emailed me and they said, well, we just had a Super Bowl. It was uh, 2016. And they said, we had just a Super Bowl and there's a halftime show. You need to see that. And so I saw this, watched this halftime show, and then I realized, you know, we have a youth in our church, and we are looking for the ways how to, you know, for them to be more dedicated to, to you know, to Jesus, etc. And so I watched the Super Bowl halftime show, and this is what I realized. All the uh, uh, singers, pop singers, all, I think there were four of them there. So all of those pop stars, they all grew up in a Christian home. Some of them went to the Christian schools. In the Christian, they went to the to the church, Christian church. Yes. And yet today, today, they are in the world, and they use the talent, God-given talent, not for His glory. And so I kind of start thinking. I thought, my God, here we have a young generation. I mean, in the church, growing in the church, they know all the stories about David and Goliath, about, you know, Samson. And, and yet, you know, they do. I mean, what do we do in order for them to, to have that fire, to have that, you know, that 
closeness to God, dedication to God. And so this is what the Holy Spirit started doing. He led me to watch again um, the movie by Mel Gibson, The Passion of Christ. I started watching the movie. And then I asked God, what, you know, what, what do you want me to, to, to know about this? And so suddenly, as I was thinking, pondering about that movie that I just watched, I had an open vision. It, you know, I, it didn't happen like this with me before, but this is what happened. I was transferred to the heel of Calvary, and I stood at the foot of the cross, and the cross was so huge. It seemed like he was touching the heavens. I couldn't see Jesus' face. I saw his feet all in blood, and the sense, you know, what I sensed in the atmosphere, like uh, loneliness, horror, devastation. Uh, it was so overwhelming. I, you know, at that moment, the, even the thought came to me. I guess this is how hell feels because it it felt like there was no God. And so, I looked up, and suddenly I saw how a big drop of blood falls from Jesus's body, and it froze. It kind of froze in the air. And I looked at this drop of blood, and I hear God speaking to me. He told me, do you realize that one drop of Jesus's holy blood could solve the problem of sin of the whole humankind? One drop of his holy blood could cleanse the sins of all and every person, but I poured all my blood just for you alone, because you are worth it. At that moment, I knew I had an answer. I had an answer for the next generation. I had an answer why some young people grew up in the church and then they leave the church and go into the world. Because the, the, all the difference is the reality of what happened on the cross. You know, we can tell all the Bible stories to the, to the children and to young people in the church, but until the cross and Jesus' sacrifice becomes the reality for them, until each of them realizes that the whole blood of Jesus was shed just for you alone, just for her and for, he, or for him, then there is nothing else that can keep us in the church. So I realized how God looks at the cross and at his sacrifice. It's truly, the sacrifice of Jesus truly is very personal. It must be very personal. Yes. You know, it's not that the blood of Jesus kind of, you know, covered all our sins. It's, it's not just general term. It's not one drop for me, one drop for you. No, every person should realize that the whole blood was poured just for him, just for you. And when our young generation have this reality, they will have this encounter, then nothing then can, that can drive them from yes. Jesus or from uh, the, the church. The reality of what Jesus has done just for this person. Yes, yes. Well, we are out of time, believe it or not. My goodness. Uh, but Natasha, after hearing that vision, I would like for you to pray for those today before we leave them, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person who is listening now, and I pray that you would reveal how great is your love for every person. I pray that each of those who is listening to this program would realize that when Jesus was on the cross and he was share, shedding his blood, the whole blood was shed just for you alone. You are worth it. It's not a little bit of his sacrifice for you. It's absolute, total shedding of his life and blood just for one, just for you just for everyone who is seeking, who is looking for the way out for the truth. I pray that every person would realize how great is God's love 
and how personal is this sacrifice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And I would like to leave you with just one more um, uh, quote that Natasha says, and it is, go into all the world and make Jesus irresistible, and people will naturally respond and trust in him. And then the rest isn't difficult. It's simple. So, (laughs) Natasha, thank you for that. And as always, we want to thank everyone that's listening to our program today. Natasha, it was such a joy to have you with us. I'm Donna Chavis from Messianic Vision. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Natasha's brand new exclusive teaching series, Making Jesus Irresistible. Sid? When we go into all the world and make Jesus irresistible, people will naturally respond and trust in him. And then miracles happen. We're making available Natasha Shadrivaya's brand new exclusive audio teaching series, Making Jesus Irresistible. It includes five powerful messages on CD. Natasha's story. Second, the simplicity of the message. Third, the right kind of knowledge. Fourth, fresh perspectives on physical healing. And fifth, making Jesus irresistible. This fresh, simple, supernatural, entire teaching series is available for investment of only 29 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 3329. That's offer number 3329.